हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट थ्री कॉन्स्टेक्चुअल डायमेंशंस ऑफ डेमोक्रेटिक डिसेंट्रलाइजेशन सोशल इकोनॉमिक एंड जोग्राफिकल एंड वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग आवर टॉपिक पीआरआईज एस एन इंस्ट्रूमेंट ऑफ सोशल ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन एंड आवर टॉपिक इज programs for the socially weak as per 1991 census the population of sc and st is 13.82 crores and 6.78 crores respectively accounting for the 16.48% and 8.08% of the total population of the country further the consensus data also revealed that the sc and st children in the age group of 0 to 6 years constituted 19.60% and 20.18% respectively of the total sc and st population this means that about one fifth of their population belongs to this vulnerable and formative age group the percentage of sc and st people below the poverty line are much larger than those in the rest of the society as seen from the data collected from nsso surveys nearly half of the sc and one third of the st main workers are engaged as agricultural laborers agricultural labor is characterized by the seasonal and low wage employment with high dependence on monsoon 77.11% and 90.03% sc and st workers were engaged in the primary sector of the economy 9.83% and 3.85% respectively in the secondary sector and 13.06% and 6.12% respectively in the tertiary sector however considering the extent of poverty among sc and st it is imperative that the occupations in which they are engaged should generate sufficient income while the work participation rates of the male sc and st workers are higher as compared to the female participation rates 25.98% for sc and 43.78% for st the sc and st female participation rates are significantly higher than that of their counterparts in the total population the difference is even more conspicuous in respect of sc female workers this only confirms that the sc and st women have to work harder and in greater numbers because of economic compulsions now let us move to the next point 
need for substantial functional devolution. Professor S. Guhan argues that the provisions of 73 amendments strengthen administrative federalism in order to facilitate and encourage delegation of administrative and financial powers from the states to local bodies. The 11th schedule lists 29 subjects that will involve functional devolution to the local bodies. Study of the subjects contained in the list suggests a monthly mix of functions in respect of which requisite expertise would have been developed at the local level. However, most authority and responsibility with regard to development administration, specifically the subjects lined up for devolution has rested with the bureaucracy. The situation is not likely to change much if required expertise is not developed for successful accomplishment of allotted tasks. Another important factor would be willingness on the part of the state governments to devolve the functions which is essentially correlated to the former conditions. Since administrative powers to discharge the responsibilities are entirely derived from legislation that will have to pass by the states, the ball is clearly in the states court that could continue with the superordinate bureaucratic predominance in this regard, if so be the intention. In the context of the expertise, the constitutional amendment notably is silent on committees that nevertheless exist, though would have been considerably entrenched had constitutional guarantee endorsed their status and position. Committees exist in most states at all three levels. However, their number, composition, structure, scope and functions vary from state to state. The membership too leaves a lot to be desired. As regards the number of members of the standing committees, it varies from two to six. As regards members in almost all cases, the members of the committees are to be elected by the elected members of the panchayats and in most cases the chairperson or deputy chairperson of village panchayat perform the duties of the chairperson of the standing committee. Functional devolution without concomitant resource transfer is an exercise in futility. The state legislature have been given the power to authorize the panchayats to levy, collect and appropriate suitable local taxes and also provide for making grant in aid to the panchayats from the consolidated funds 
of the concerned state. A finance commission has to be constituted once in every five years to review the financial position of panchayat and to make suitable recommendations to the state on the distribution of funds between the state and the local bodies. Though it remains a matter of concern that the states that remain perpetually indebted to central governments may not really be in a position to aid local government in any substantial measure. Improving the financial position of state governments would thus be a prerequisite to strengthening urban and rural local bodies as institutions of self-governance. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcasts.